Two out of three falls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What up? You know, it's uh, Peter Rosenberg, Hot 97, ESPN, WWE Network, Cheap Heat Podcast. Um, let's see what else. I got mad jobs out here. But right now, talking all things wrestling with my man Randy Cruz, the Cruise Control Podcast. Sit back and stay mage. New edition of two out of three falls podcast here on the Cruise Control Podcast. I am Randy Cruz. You can follow me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz, R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J, C-R-U-Z. Thursday, March 29th, I'm joined by Graham Matthews from Bleacher Report. He's on Twitter at WrestleRant. Graham, my man, how you doing? Doing great, Randy. Ready for WrestleMania. How about you? Uh, same here, man. Same here. And as always, I'm joined with uh, Mark Raimondi from MMAFighting.com. He's on Twitter at Mark underscore Raimondi. Mark, my man, how you doing? What's up, Brandy? I'm ready for New Japan's Sakura Genesis this coming weekend. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that I am not because I'm still recovering from the one match I saw this weekend with the uh, Strong Style Evolved show, which you, which you were at um, at Long Beach, California. Um, you had a couple interviews going on with um, the world champion Okada and Dave Meltzer afterwards, so I'm going to give you the floor right away. Um, this New Japan event that happened on, on Sunday. I think it was Sunday, right? Sunday night. Yep. Sunday night, all right. And you were there live um, in the crowd. I think the match, the match, the 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 program went on for what three, four hours, something like that. Yeah, I think about three and a half hours. Uh, the main event was uh, was a lengthy one. It was it was a long one. Okay, so again, you were there live in person, seeing this um this great event. You actually interviewed Okada before the the uh, the event on Sunday and did a, a post game. Uh, recap with Dave Meltzer, also from MMAfighting.com. So, Mark. Talk about it, man. Uh, how was the event? Um, and especially the main event, with, which everybody kept talking about. You told me to make sure I watch, that, that I see it. And I did. I thought it was great. You know me. I'm not a big New Japan guy. But from what I saw, uh, almost an hour uh, match or so, something like that, with um, Kenny Omega, um, the Young Bucks, and Ibushi, right? Something like that? Yeah. All right. I got it right. All right. So, Mark, tell me how it went. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, that match was was fantastic. I mean, it was uh, it was an incredible match. It was, I think, it was everything people thought it was going to be. The entire card was. Uh, this is not one, this is not one of New Japan's big shows of the year. It's mm-hmm. it's obvious it wasn't. Uh, you know, there was no Okada title defense. There was no you know Naito singles match. But the 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 main event. I mean, it, it's it's probably going to be as good as any match we see the rest of the year, especially, I mean, as far as tag matches go, it's going to be one of the best we're going to see in, in quite some time, I believe. It was uh, it was a great match. There were some really, really dangerous spots, some, some really uh, some really high-risk things they did with tables, uh, some, some pretty dangerous stuff. But, uh, but I thought the best part of it was the story they told because – uh, you know the the Bullet Club is, is in the storylines is is imploding and and the Young Bucks are kind of uh, you know Omega's on one side and Cody's on the other side and the, the Young Bucks have kind of been neutral up until this point and mm-hmm. uh, they did a lot of good storytelling with with, uh, with 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 the Jacksons and Omega 
and, and the dynamic of, well, am I really going to, am I really going to destroy my friends and put them through tables and, uh, you know, go, go all out. And, uh, and, and it was, uh, it was just really well done. You know, it was, it was about a 40 minute match. And I think that it didn't drag at all. It was all action. It, it told a great story. I don't know if, uh, if, uh, if uncle melts, if, uh, if big Dave will give it uh give it five stars on, on Wednesday, but mm-hmm. I'll tell you one thing being there in, in long beach, the crowd was just, I mean, whipped into a, to a, 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 a fury. It was, uh, it, it did everything that they, they wanted it to do as far as the crowd reaction. And then the aftermath, of course, with with uh, Cody coming out and kind of telling the Young Bucks, oh, this was your, this was your chance. You had, you know, you had one job, you know, to, to beat to beat Omega and Ibushi. Right. And you couldn't right. do it. And then Omega, Omega comes back and kind of runs uh, Cody out of the ring, uh, shakes Nick Jackson's hand. But Matt Jackson still doesn't want anything to do with him. Uh, looked like Omega had like a nasty black eye. He might have hurt his orbital bone, um, and Ibushi had a concussion. Uh, pretty sure. Yet I think they're they're both going to wrestle this coming weekend because they're they're all out of their minds um, in, a, in a big match too. Um, this weekend at Sakura Genesis, it's going to be uh, Omega and Ibushi against Cody and Hangman Page at uh, on a Saturday night in, uh, in well Sunday in Japan, Saturday night for us in the states. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it advances the Bullet Club storyline. We got we got Omega versus Cody coming up in two weeks at Ring of Honor, uh, Supercard of Honor, the, the day before WrestleMania in New Orleans. Hmm. Um, it was uh, it was great, man. It was it was uh, it wasn't it wasn't uh, it wasn't the best card of the year that New Japan has done. But that main event is uh, probably as good as any match I've seen all year. So, are you still torn about which one you're going to go to if available NXT or the? Um the uh, the Omega Roads event, yeah. So I I, I don't know yet. I that, mm. I still am on the fence, and it's uh, it really. So I, I did find out last week that I'm going to be covering WrestleMania, covering WrestleMania week for SB Nation for Cage Side Seats. Nice. Um, and a little bit for MMAfighting.com since you know we've got Ronda Rousey and Brock Lesnar on the card. Um, so uh, I'm going to be there for work. Uh, I didn't know that until until officially last week. Um, and uh, it's probably going to be a, a crazy week. It's going to be it's going to be nuts. Uh, just all the stuff going on, and I don't I don't know yet about Ring of Honor and or NXT. I mean, uh, both of them are, are, are incredible cars. They're both going to be amazing. Uh, I don't I don't know what. Uh, I mean, they they just announced tonight that the Bucks and um, Flip Gordon are going to be in a ladder match um, against uh, against uh, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky. At Ring of Honor, uh, that match is going to be insane, insane. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. There's a ladder match in NXT too uh, coming up. Spoil- sorry, sorry for the spoilers. There's a ladder match in that coming up too for that card. So uh, there, there's really no wrong answer, and I haven't made up my mind yet. Maybe we'll split up because there's going to be three of us there covering it for SB Nation. So maybe we'll we'll have people at, at both shows. That's probably the only way to the only way to do it. Hey man, I guess you got to figure it out because I'm trying to get to NXT. Um, still, still trying to work my magic. Unless that'll be like my day off of any wrestling-related activities, because we have WrestleMania on Sunday, we got Wale Mania on Friday, I think a Pelican game on Thursday, something else going on early Saturday. So I, that might be the day off, or if I, if we get lucky, we can go to NXT. But um, Graham, were you able to check out the New Japan event on Sunday, or not yet? 
Only highlights so far. I really do want to go out of my way. I promise you that I will to watch that main event. Uh, trust me, I don't go out of my way to even read the reviews of the shows, not because I don't like them. I do mm. watch some of the shows. Um, just sometimes I don't really care enough to even read the results of the reviews. I went out of my way on Sunday morning to read the res- uh, read the results of the shows to the, for the matches on the show and see if the main event was as good as I thought it would be. Mm. It was even better. I mean, I heard the match got like five stars from people, probably got six Start from Melker will at some point when he yeah. puts out his ratings the next few days, like Mark said. Uh, wouldn't surprise me just based off what I saw. I was watching the Being the Elite show earlier today. They were showing clips and highlights and photos from the match. Here in their response, the fans' response, I heard it was an amazing match. I do want to watch it probably well either tomorrow or on Thursday. Um, but yeah, it looked like a great show, and I would well recommend it to anyone uh, to definitely check out the Strong Style Evolve show from Sunday night. So, Mark, you would say that after seeing that tag match with uh, Ibushi, Omega, and, and the Young Bucks, that um, you would say that the Bar and, and Strowman have a, a tough act to follow <laughs> at WrestleMania, right? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, look, I mean, uh, I know that you're you're joking, obviously, but all yeah. those guys are incredibly talented, but mm. they're just not they're just not going to put on a match. First of all, they're not going to get 40 minutes, right? I mean, uh, you, if you give Cesaro 40 minutes, that guy can have a five-star match. Or, you know, right. or, or even 25, 30 minutes, he can have a five-star match. But uh, they're not going to get that much time at WrestleMania. They may get 10. So, uh, yeah, they're not, they're not going to have a, five, a five-star one at, at WrestleMania. Uh, but, yeah, but all jokes aside, I did get a chance to see the whole, the whole entire match last night. Um, even my brother saw it. He was more like, "Oh shit, what the you know what the fuck is going on? Wow, this is crazy!" <laughs> oh, that guy could have broken his neck. And again, he he didn't know who Omega was, Ibushi, and 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 the Young Bucks. So, um, and I said, "Listen, I don't know these guys that well either, but I'm watching it because you know wrestling fans on my timeline are going crazy, saying this match is crazy, six stars. We got to watch it." So. You know, me, me being a fan in general, who said, let me go check it out, and you telling me to go check it out, and I did. I thought I thought it was great. Um, I think there's something going on, like I told you before, at, at the Cow Palace in San Fran, I think in July. So, you know, you know, I, I definitely want to check that out. Um, so it, it does have me intrigued a little bit. So, um, But all in all, I thought it was a great match. I did, like I said, I, I did not see the whole entire event. I saw bits and pieces Cody Rhodes earlier in the night. I think he came out later on after the main event. Uh, there was a U.S. title match and the the Okada match, a tag team match. A, lo- a lot of tag team matches on the card. And I mentioned earlier you had a chance to speak with Okada um, before the actual event. So how was that? How, how did that come to fruition? And um, I guess how was that overall experience? Yeah, it was uh, it was um, it was a pretty surreal experience talking to him uh, that that day. It kind of came together last minute. Uh, I was I was working this weekend for for Cage Side Seats, which is SB Nation's uh, pro wrestling site. MMAfighting.com is SB Nation is SB Nation's hot MMA fight, so it's it's all in the family. I work for SB Nation, and you know I help out where I can um, in pro wrestling. Um, and uh, Access TV, uh, that's that's the broadcaster that 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 uh, does has New Japan in the states. Yeah, and yeah. they were they really did an amazing job of getting the New Japan talent out um, to do lo- media uh, locally in, in LA last week. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but uh, Jushin Liger did something with Uproxx. He was playing uh, playing ping pong and 
and playing with a corgi they had there. It was uh, it was a hilarious video um, of, of you know Liger dressed in his in his crazy outfit, like playing with a corgi and playing ping pong. So they did a really a really really good job getting everyone out to the media. And Okada was available um, at the Access TV studios in downtown LA, right across from Staples Center. Mm-hmm. And uh, I talked I got a chance to talk to him on video for 25 minutes. I mean. That's uh, that was that was pretty crazy. That was pretty crazy. Um, and he was great. I mean, he I mean, the guy, listen, I mean, he doesn't have to do all this stuff. Uh, and and he, he's very serious about New Japan being big in the United States. Right. And his dream right. match is against the rock. That's what he said. He, he, told, he told me his dream match would be against the rock. And uh, the, the wow. guy obviously knows what's going on in WWE in the States. He even mentioned CM Punk when I when I asked him about fighting in the UFC. So he 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 knows that CM Punk is, is fighting now. So he's he's paying attention. I mean, the guy is is really just a star. We don't speak the same language, but but you can tell uh, you know his charisma uh, comes through even when he, you know even when I don't I don't understand what he's saying. Uh, you know his charisma and his star power kind of shines through. It was uh, it was cool. It was cool. He he couldn't he could not have been nicer. Yeah, I saw that picture of him pointing at the rock bottom. Sign and I made a joke saying, "Oh, he he wants to go to in your house rock bottom." Yeah, well, I don't know about in your house rock bottom. <laughs> he'd, have get, he'd have to get into a time machine. Uh, we'll talk about time machines later on, I think. But he'd have to get into a time machine uh, to do that. And then um, we we saw the recap you had with uh, with Meltzer afterwards. So you know how yeah. was that? I think I think that was right after the event, right? It was right after the event, right after uh, right after the Omega press conference was over. Well, I mean, one of the best things, guys, that New Japan does that WWE doesn't is they they actually have a press conference like a, like a real sport mm-hmm. after every match. They, the guy the guys come right right in the back. Right. They sit down in front of the backdrop and they answer questions from the press or from New Japan worker you know writers and they and they go off the cuff and they cut promos there after their match. It's not scripted. It's you know they answer questions. And it's it was great. I mean, Cody Cody cut a promo on my videographer's mustache. I don't know if you guys saw the clip. It was hilarious. I mean, that is oh, yeah? really, was really really funny stuff. Um, and uh, I think that's one of the best things New Japan does because it allows them to uh, kind of just go off the cuff and, and unscripted and, and cut a promo. These guys are so talented, you know. And and, uh, and and it was it was really great stuff. Omega was great. Cody was great with Brandy. It was. Uh, that, that was fun, and then afterward, uh, yeah, I talked to to Dave, my uh, my good friend and uh, coworker at MMA Fighting. Mm-hmm. See, he's from the Wrestling Observer, and uh, the, well, basically, bottom line to what he was saying in that conversation was on on July seventh when New Japan comes back and runs the Cow Palace in San Francisco. That is the biggest test thus far for them in the states because it's a thirteen thousand seat venue. If they were to sell that out, it would be the biggest non WWE pro wrestling event. Uh, in the United States since WCW in 1999, and I, I would assume that oh my God was I think Super Super Brawl right? I believe so. Yeah. Okay, and you know what? I I did see Omega mention that you know this is I think uh, the arena you guys were in with like four thousand, five thousand seated event, and he said we're going to make it bigger and better next time. Yep. So. Um, Let's see, man. I, I think it definitely has me intrigued to watch it next time. Um, real quick, wasn't Mysterio, Ray Mysterio, there for some kind of segment? I, I think he got hurt and wasn't uh, gonna f- uh, right. gonna fight uh, Liger, right? Right. He was supposed to face Liger in a, in a, in a Legends matchup, and he tore his bicep. Mm-hmm. Uh, he couldn't compete. 
But uh, he was there, and he got involved after the match with with uh, Will Osprey, and then Marty Skrull, and then Liger. Mm-hmm. So it 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 look it's looking like they may set something up for for a Rey Mysterio Jr. match, possibly against a Marty Skrull who's in Bullet Club, or against uh, an Osprey or a Liger down the line. Maybe maybe that's one of the matches when they come back to uh, to the states and do and do the Cow Palace in July. I, I could I could see that happening certainly. So for those who haven't seen um, Mark Raimondi's interview with uh, Okada and Dave Meltzer recapping and previewing the uh, New Japan Strong Style Evolve, go follow him and check it out on Twitter at Mark underscore Raimondi and also on Twitter for Cage. I'm sorry, YouTube for Cage site. Uh, cage side seats. There you go. Um, so, fellas, we have an updated WrestleMania card. We have we now have 13 matches on the card officially. Uh, I think we're still waiting for maybe one, and I think that's Cena Taker if it happens. But right now we got 13. The updated ones were Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, which which we all kind of figured was going to happen. But now, if KO and Sami Zayn win. They will be reinstated to SmackDown. If they lose, they will remain fired. Also updated was uh, the Usos, New Day, and the Bludgeon Brothers triple threat match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. And a now fatal four-way for the the U.S. title, Randy Orton, Bobby Roode, Jinder Mahal, and Rusev. So, Graham, I'll go to you. 13 matches as of now. Three were added on with a little change. So, top to bottom, what are your thoughts on the updated WrestleMania card as of now? I mean, we've said it before. It's a stacked show. It's a lot of matches. I'm not sure how many matches the like how many the most amount of matches we've ever had in WrestleMania history. You you've, you would have to go back. I'm sure it's from one of those early WrestleManias when they would have like 16 matches on a card, and most of them wouldn't go more than five minutes. Which I'm sure this Mania will be a lot similar in that respect. But I could also very well see them going well over time. Last year, the show didn't end until around 12.20, 12.30, when it should have been over at 11 o'clock Eastern time. So I could see them doing something similar, having three matches on the kickoff show. And that, that, that's not even all. I assume they'll be adding even at least one more match uh, when all is said and done. It seems like most is pretty much set in stone by this point. John Cena and Taker is not yet official, but obviously it will be. Mm. Um, but overall, the stack show, I don't care what anyone says about the build, about Brock and Roman, main eventing and all this and that. This is easily one of the most star-studded cards that we've had in WrestleMania history in many, many years. Uh, and I'm looking forward to it. I mean, we could have a a star-studded show and it could fall flat or it could be the other way around where the build sucks and the show exceeds expectations. It could very well go either way. Uh, But based off what we've seen so far from Raw and SmackDown in recent weeks and months, I think it's going to be a great show. And I was there at WrestleMania 33. I enjoyed that installment. I thought 32 sucked, 31 was great, and so on and so forth. I think 34 could have them all beat. If it's booked properly, they give the matches time and the match order is good but between daniel bryan returning to the ring the top two title matches kurt angle wrestling at his first mania in almost over a decade ronda rousey's in-ring debut and everything else in the undercard this looks to be a like a pretty special uh must-see mania for sure now as you were talking i'm i'm, I'm gonna let mark chime in 
for his thoughts on the updated card. But uh, trying to find out which WrestleMania card had the most matches. So far, I'm only up to where we at, WrestleMania 11. And WrestleMania 4, obviously because of the of the tournament, had 16 matches. Wow. And um, WrestleMania 11 has had only seven matches. Can you believe that? WrestleMania, uh, WrestleMania with seven matches? Jesus. I think WrestleMania 12 had uh, very few as well because of the one-hour Iron Man yeah, matches. Well, I think WrestleMania 6 might have had the few, uh, the fewest amount of matches ever. And that was a good show too, so less is more. You're right. WrestleMania 12 had seven. WrestleMania 13 had... Well, WrestleMania 14, which we'll get to in a second, had eight. WrestleMania 13 had eight. So now we're getting to the real single digits in this era. But, uh, Mark, as I'm looking, um, what are your thoughts on the updated WrestleMania card? Because now we got 13 matches on deck. I think that uh, what stands out to me about WrestleMania this year is that I feel like there is something for everyone. If you, if you like... Uh, celebrities yeah you know you have you have ronda rousey you know if you're an mma fan you have rousey and, and brock lesnar mm. um you know if you if you if you like guys who can put on five-star matches there's there's aj styles and, and nakamura um i mean they, uh, obviously if, if you like larger than life characters and you like to boo roman reigns <laughs> you got roman reigns and and brock lesnar on the card i mean to me there there's something for everyone i think i mean I think there's going to be a lot of really good matches. Uh, I, I think, um, I mean, if you like women's wrestling, you got Charlotte and Oscar, which is maybe the best women's match they can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got it's got a little something for everyone, and I think uh, I think that it's going to be really good. I'm 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 really looking forward to it. I think it's a pretty stacked card. Daniel Bryan is back. That's I mean, this card didn't even need that, and now it has that too. Yeah. I think this will go down as as one of the more special, excuse me, the more special WrestleManias in, in recent uh, memory. So Graham, would you be would you be upset that at the you know they keep building and building and building they finally get the you know whatever happened on Raw between Sasha and Bailey where you finally see Sasha to have like a heel turn or, or do something heelish that they don't have a payoff match at WrestleMania but they kind of keep them in the Battle Royal to kind of build into I think Backlash is coming up in April so do you think that as a fan, would you be like, you know what, I'm cool with them not having a one-on-one match because there's so many matches on the card and they may not get the time to do it, so I'll wait till April? Or is that a match that should happen at WrestleMania? Well, honestly, I'm more of the former there. Um, I'm a bit surprised I'm not as mad as I am that the match is not happening at WrestleMania in one-on-one fashion and singles mm-hmm. competition because, I mean, that's the match I've wanted to see Mania dating back to over a year now. I thought we would be getting that for the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania 33, and they kept on delaying the bank seal turn, and they delayed it and delayed it and delayed it. It would have been perfect for this year's Mania. I said months ago I thought Banks and Bailey was the money match, the women on Raw. Um, unfortunately, they did not go in that direction. They're making a decent story out of Bliss and Jax. I'm not hating on that as much as I thought I would be. So mm. kudos to them for getting me invested in that story and making it somewhat of a musty match of the championship and mania. But with Banks and Bailey, you said it right there, Randy. On a show of 13 fucking matches, they would get, what, five minutes? 
I mean, it'd be ridiculous. So I'm glad it's not happening one-on-one at WrestleMania. They need to make the women's battle royal mean something. The Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal is already damaged goods. We already know it doesn't mean anything if you win it. Who cares? No one gives a shit about it. The women's battle royal, they have a chance to make this mean something. And they need star power. I know there's a lot of women that aren't doing anything right now, like the Riot Squad, like Absolution, Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, and Bayley now. But by putting them in this match... It gives that match something to watch for better than just Becky versus Riot Squad for the 75th time. Uh, Banks and Bailey having it come down to them two or them two and like Ember Moon or someone from NXT makes me care about that match mm-hmm. that much more. So I like that they're doing that. Save it for the April pay-per-view of Backlash. Have them go all out at that show. It's all but confirmed that Banks is a heel at this point, which is pretty cool. I liked what they did on Monday. I've enjoyed the feud so far. And also kind of adding to what Mark just said about this being a special WrestleMania, lest we forget for all the women's wrestling fans out there as well, we got five women's matches on this on this uh, on this WrestleMania. More than not only any WrestleMania, but probably any more than any other card in WWE history. But like a long shot between the two title matches, the Ronda Rousey mixed tag team match, and then the uh, the Battle Royal as well, which is pretty amazing. And I thought there'd be another one, but maybe I maybe there's just four. Because I'm thinking maybe Banks and Bailey, but yeah, four women's matches is pretty huge for a WrestleMania, and they're they all very well likely make the main card. So I'm liking the show, I'm liking this match, and I'm mm. fine with Banks and Bailey being in the battle royal. So with me doing the numbers, WrestleMania four has the most matches with sixteen, and WrestleMania eleven has the least amount of matches with seven because WrestleMania eleven was so trash that I don't even know why it had seven matches but um, that was that was one of the worst WrestleMania's of all time um, but yeah I, I think I think Sasha and Bailey can, can keep building they go in the Battle Royal they kind of make one each other lose and then they get the blow off maybe at Backlash or maybe they, they just keep building and building and then you know you got SummerSlam in Brooklyn Graham and that's where they had their match with uh, uh, an NXT I think it, it'll be three years ago so maybe they just hold off and Say Sasha Bailey, Brooklyn Barclays Center, SummerSlam. This is this is where you have that match. Now, would they hold it that long? I don't know. But from a booking standpoint, it kind of makes sense. But if, if they can hold off to to SummerSlam, you know that'll be great. Well, what about this? I mean, I know they don't do long term booking more often than not. But you have the April yeah. pay per view or the May pay per view, whatever. Mm. Um, being backlash, so you have their first one on one encounter then. And I know what you were saying, like hold off until SummerSlam, which I would have said a year ago. But at this point, it's like, or even two years ago, I thought they would do it at SummerSlam 2016. But Bailey didn't get called up until after that fact. So to hold off any longer would be ridiculous. They've been building this story for way too long. They cannot wait another three or four months. So I would have the first one on one match at the. May Backlash pay-per-view. In June, you got Money in the Bank, which will feature a women's Money in the Bank ladder match. So you can put them in the ladder match together. July, you do another rematch, and the other woman wins. And then you have the big blow-off match at SummerSlam. That's where you blow off the feud. That's not where you kick off the feud. I would say you blow it off there and like a women's Hey, you know what? You could do a rematch and take over respect a few years ago. Have it be an Iron Man, uh, Iron Woman match, 30-minute or 60-minute Iron Woman match, or a last woman standing or whatever. Mm. Um, and I think they would tear the house down on that show. And hell, maybe you can even have the main event SummerSlam. If the feud is that heated by that point in time yeah. or even has the championship on the line, that would be pretty amazing. Three years removed from the aforementioned 
uh, takeover classic that you mentioned, Randy. So I like that booking a lot, but uh, so far I'm liking what they're doing with the women on Raw right now more so than what they're doing on SmackDown. So now we have one week until Taker responds to John Cena. He hasn't come out. He hasn't done anything with the lightning, the lights, and the music, and all that, that, that what Cena wants. But now we have one week away. Um, would you rather not him respond at all, like, on Raw, and then, like, Cena come out of WrestleMania, be doing his fan stuff and whatever, interacting, hosting the show, and then Taker comes out at WrestleMania? Or do you think that we need Taker to come out on Raw to give Cena the answer that he wants to kind of help promote WrestleMania 34 even more. I'm kind of already mad it hasn't already happened. I mean, like I said before, I know that's what they want. They want us to be frustrated with Taker not showing up. They want us to side with John Cena, blah, blah, blah. But um, I don't know. I just get a feeling that this is a lot like the build to WrestleMania 31 with in the match with Bray Wyatt and Taker. And the match was fine, but it's like the build was completely forgettable. Because you saw Bray Wyatt cutting a promo every single fucking week. Mm. And that's all we ever saw. And it ended with Taker winning, which I know in this case, obviously, right. Taker would, I would believe, lose to John Cena, which I'm not a fan of. And I'm not a fan of the other outcome either, which is why I'm not a fan of this match to begin with. Um, but I still go back to what I've been saying for a while now. Bring back the American Badass, because otherwise this match... Cena and Taker alone is, is a big match, but we saw the Dead Man character seemingly retire a year ago. Like... It could, is it really going to be much of a match? It's more of a spectacle. So why not bring back the American Badass for one night only? Kid Rock's going to be there anyway. So I feel like it makes the most sense. But in terms of the build, you 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 mean to tell me that a John Cena versus Kane main event in 2018 is supposed to get me excited about John Cena versus The Undertaker? Like, I feel like that's so weak, and I can only imagine how, how pissed off people were at Raw this week after sitting through fucking Elias versus Rhino in the Miztourage versus Balor Club, just to get, they were probably assuming, oh, we're getting Taker, we're getting Taker, it's all going to be worth it. And no, we just get a fucking John Cena versus Kane main event, and then Taker doesn't show up. He no-shows again. Mm-hmm. And they're supposed to make it, they're, they're, WWE wants us to boo Brock Lesnar because he doesn't show up to Raw, yet Taker hasn't shown up to Raw in close to a year now. So it's kind of a odd storytelling there. But nonetheless, I'm not really a fan of the build. The Cena promos are fine, but it's like, you can only do the same thing so many times. And I think this match, with it being as big as it is, a John Cena versus Taker match, which has been in the making now for well over a decade, it would have benefited from being set up as early as Raw 25 three months ago. Hey, Graham, that's former WWF champion Kane you're talking about and maybe new mayor or governor for Tennessee Kane you're talking about. <laughs> I love Glenn Jacobs and I love Kane, but Kane 2018, the same man that was in the Universal Title match at the Royal Rumble, I am not a fan oh of at this God. point in time. Yeah, um, Grant. Um, I'm sorry, uh, Mark. What do you think about this uh, Taker John Cena thing? Uh, do we does Taker come out on Monday to um, answer John Cena, or does he just doesn't and just comes out at WrestleMania and then do it like that? He'll probably come out of WrestleMania. I think they'll probably keep it going. I, I'm, I'm. I mean, it's getting irritating now. The John Cena promos are getting irritating. The <laughs> storyline leading into this didn't really make a whole lot of sense. But at least John Cena was, uh, despite the script, was doing a good job with with his delivery. And now it's just like, it's it's even more forced than it was. It's it's. 
it's repetitive. I mean, look, it's uh, it, they're not they're not making anyone more excited for that match. Put it that way. Uh, and uh, and I don't and I think we're gonna have to go through that whole that whole thing again on Monday. I don't think he comes back again. I think it's gonna be another scene of promo, more of the same stuff. Calling Undertaker a coward. I mean, he's like it's he's like begging. Like it's not it's not a good look for for Cena and his character either. Um, so I'm, I mean, the match is not going to be good. The build is not good. I would have preferred them do something else with Cena or the Undertaker or, or whatever, uh, or, or wrote it better. One of those, one of those things, um, not really into this, uh, this whole thing. So again, are you in favor of the American badass taker coming out for WrestleMania or the, uh, the regular dead man character because Raw 25, he was a dead man character uh, to, to a certain degree. Um, does it matter? Is there a preference? I, I know you may not even want this match at all, just like Graham, but if he does come out for a match, is it badass or is it the, the dead man? Yeah, I think I think we I think uh, Graham and I agreed last week that it should be the the American badass. Because the the dead the dead man character is retired, Kid Rock's gonna be there as much as I can't stand him. Mm-hmm. Um, it 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 makes sense uh, for them to go in that direction. What? But then again, you know who, who the hell knows? Sometimes what makes sense is not what ends up happening. So, uh, Mark, I'll start with you. Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, they keep going at it. Beginning segment of Raw for two straight weeks. Um, we saw what happened last week with. Reigns being handcuffed, and now he, he's, you know, his suspension is uplifted or lifted, and now he can walk into the into the arena whenever he wants. He tries to attack Brock, and Brock attacks him for a couple of minutes. Uh, I, I guess they keep doing this to kind of get uh, heat on Brock Lesnar, so when he walks into WrestleMania, he'll be booed and Reigns will be cheered. Uh, again, back-to-back weeks, we start off with Roman and Brock. What did you make of the segment on Raw on Monday? I mean, it's not its not working. They're not really getting Roman Reigns to be cheered right now by the crowd. But in spite of, of what that end goal is for them, I think it's been good. I think that the buildup has been good, and I'm excited about the match. And Lesnar's shown a good intensity which is always sometimes a question with him, you know, does he just, does he really want to be there? And, and it's obvious that this is a, a program that he's interested in. Sometimes he seems uninterested. I think Paul Heyman has been very good in, the, in this program. I think Reigns has been good. I think it's been, I mean, I, I gave my grievances last week about that whole segment that happened on last week's raw, but I think it's been a good, I think it's been a good build, uh, honestly. And I, I really don't have much, I don't have a problem with it. I think uh, I'm, I'm, Put it this way, I'm more excited uh, to watch that match now than I was a few weeks ago. Are you kind of shocked that, uh, I guess I go to Graham now, are you kind of shocked that Paul Heyman, of all people, is going to induct Goldberg into the Hall of Fame? Um, I'm not too, too shocked. Um, I'm not a fan of it, but I'm not too, too shocked if only because it was uh, reported like a while ago when Goldberg was first announced to be coming into the Hall of Fame like two months ago. They had said that Paul Heyman might be – it was speculated Paul Heyman was being rumored. And I understand the whole history with Brock Lesnar and that feud with Goldberg back in – both in 2004 and 2016 to 2017. I understand that, but it's like, really? Uh, I don't know. I know they just brought back Eric Bischoff last year. I know DDP inducted Drake the Snake a few years ago. He was inducted last year himself. But I feel like DDP or Eric Bischoff would have made – 
a hell of a lot more sense than um yeah. than than Paul Heyman. I feel like they were much more integral to his success in WCW than they were um than Paul Heyman was. Paul Heyman in storyline, I mean I get it. Again, it's not the worst possible choice. There could have been way worse choices. Um but I would have to think that Goldberg would have gone with someone that he knows a lot better than Paul Heyman, that being TDP or Eric Bischoff or mm-hmm. someone else whose name escapes me right now. But I don't know it, it was again not a like a, oh my God, why would you do this WWE type of moment? But one of those like head scratching moments like why? Like doesn't really make much sense. Now with the the uh, the program with uh, Brock and Roman on, on Monday, the segment that they had, what did you make of it? Did you feel like it was kind of repeating itself from the week before? And again, as we lead into WrestleMania, uh, you might have felt different once the match was was officially on um, put on weeks ago. But does it make you as a fan kind of like, you know what, I kind of like what's going on. It, it, it may not be working trying to get Roman cheered, but um, it does make you feel different now trying to be happy to see it now than before. Yeah, no, I'm going to echo the same thoughts that Mark had just had about the about the feed that I've been liking. I've been enjoying it for what it is. I think they're executing it well with Brock Lesnar coming across like a beast. I mean, as both of you guys said, it's not working with Roman Reigns. They're trying to get him cheered as this conquering hero, babyface. It's not going to work. He got booed less this week than he did the last two weeks, but it's not saying much. At WrestleMania, it's all the hardcore fans anyway. Who gives a shit about us trying to get uh, them trying to get us to cheer Roman Reigns? Because it's not going to work, so it's a... It's a predictable outcome no matter what. But the feud has been well done. And you know what? Next week's the go-home show. And I'll say this. They've been building this up better than they did three years ago for the original encounter, which, lest we forget, ended with the dreaded tug of war over the WWE championship belt. So here's <laughs> hoping we do not get a similar uh, go-home show segment on this coming week's show. But um, no, I think it's been well done. I think the match itself, the match itself, as I've documented in the past, will be really, really good. I'm looking forward to it. And honestly, not a lot of people are going to like what I'm about to say. And I think, Randy, you might agree with me here that for whatever, however people feel about the build for this match, it has been 10 times better than whatever they've been doing over on SmackDown with AJ Nakamura. Now, I'm looking forward to that match more. But other than what we saw tonight on SmackDown with the verbal exchange and the tease for the Kinshasa and all that other stuff, I thought that was really good. But before tonight, all it was was like 30-second exchanges backstage, 30-second conversations backstage, and then just watching each other's matches. And that was it. That was all that's really been built for the AJ Nakamura WWE Championship match. And they're both baby faces, so it's kind of weird, and it's been slightly underwhelming. So if anything, I think this feud has been better built, which is why, and I think the reason behind that is because they already know that it's going to be the main event of the show, and they want to put everything behind the belt. But anyway, going back to my original point, I've been Mm -hmm. liking it, I've been digging it, and I am looking forward to the WrestleMania match. Before I get to Rousey and um, the 20th anniversary of WrestleMania 14, real quick, I'm going to go down the card and... and there's a lot of championship matches, but let's try to find out, you know, not saying who's going to win, but the likelihood of the, of the championship changing hands. So I guess we all can agree that, that Roman Reigns is going to be universal champion, right? Yes, that's uh, the most predictable of them all. So yep. that's, that's one belt. Is the WWE title changing hands? <clears throat> 
it could go either way. If you asked me this a month ago, I would have said absolutely yes. But after what we've seen in recent weeks with Nakamura being so confident he's going to win, I'm not as confident that he will. Mm -hmm. But I still say that I think AJ is going to Raw, which I don't think he needs to, and I don't think he should, but I think he is. So I'm going to stick with Nakamura winning, but I could also see a scenario where AJ retains. Mark? Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I think Nakamura wins and Styles goes to Raw. Uh, Intercontinental title changing hands, I, I would assume, yeah. <clears throat> I know people are saying yes because they think Miz is going to SmackDown, and now that Brian's been cleared, it's pretty much confirmed that he will. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say no, though. I think the way that they've been building this Combined with the fact that this is true, by the way, that we have not had an intercontinental champion successfully defend their championship at WrestleMania since WrestleMania 17 in 2001. I think Miz walks away with the title here, a la like Randy Orton WrestleMania 24 or Charlotte WrestleMania 32, like the heel that no one's expecting to win. Mm -hmm. And Balor and Rollins, either of them winning would be great. They both could probably use the belt right now, but they could always win it maybe the next night on Raw or at the next pay-per-view. I think there's more money to be had there with the chase with both Rollins and Balor. So I think Miz walks away with a win. He gets his WrestleMania moment, which he's already had before. But the guy's had such a career year for himself. I think he needs to win more. And I think he does walk away still the champion. Mark, I see title changing hands. Probably, but <laughs> I that one I'm really not sure about. I could see Miz going back to SmackDown because of the built-in Daniel Bryan feud, uh, as as Graham just said, but I think that's a toss up, and and you know what, I'm willing to bet that they don't even know what they're gonna do yet in that match. United States title changes hands or no? <sighs> yes, I mean with four guys, the odds of it obviously happening are pretty high, but. It, this could very well go anyway. I don't think Rude's going to win back the belt. I would put the belt on Rude, but I don't think that's going to happen. I would put the belt on Rusev to be all to be completely honest with you, just because he's so fucking over right now. Um, I don't know if they would do that. I think they will probably have Orton retain. I just do not see the worth in that though. Um, fuck it. I'll say the title changes hands either whether it's Jinder or Rusev. I think the title changes hands. Mark. Title changes hands because WrestleMania this year falls on Rusev Day. Oh, man. He's <laughs> got a point. Raw Women's Title. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I could see a situation where they hold off until the next pay-per-view. Um, I think Oscar and Charlotte definitely is. You don't have to have one get retained and then one change hands. I think they can both change hands. And I think that's what might happen here. Again, Alexa Bliss has been great in the role, but she's been champion for like, she has gone only like eight days without a title in the last like year. Like, and that's no joke. And I think people are ready to move on, whether it's Nia Jax or someone else. So I think Nia Jax wins it and gets her a WrestleMania moment. Mark, what do you think? Does uh, Alexa retain, or we have new champion with Nia Jax? New champion. Nia Jax uh, beats the heel. Babyface goes over. It's WrestleMania after all. And we assume Oscar's going to win over Charlotte. Yep, pretty much guaranteed, I would think. I would hope so, anyway. Um, no doubt about it. Raw, yeah, of Raw Tag Team Championship changes hands, or the bar retains? 
Depends who the partner is. I mean, I could see them. I just think it would be silly to have Braun be so over only to lose. I know they're advertising the bar versus like the Hardy boys for like the Saudi Arabia show in a couple months. Mm -hmm. But it's like, does that really mean anything? Because they could always change it if the belts change hands. Um, I'm going to say Braun wins the belt, but just because the bar, there's literally no competition for them left. So the bar or the bar lose the belts to Braun and whoever his partner is. So it'll depend on who the partner is. So if it's Elias or Bray Wyatt or. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think it's going to be Bray Wyatt after what we saw last week or after what Matt Hardy said this weekend. Where I don't think that's going to happen. I could like, I don't know, like if he brought in, for example, James Ellsworth, which in storyline, which would make no sense oh, anyway, God. but I could see him getting pinned to take the loss for Braun. But I feel like it just makes Braun look like a loser. The guy has yet to compete at WrestleMania. He has yet to win a WrestleMania match. Mm -hmm. um, him as tag team champions would be pretty cool. With who? I don't know. Like Samoa Joe would be awesome. But I'm not sure. But I guess it really depends. Like if it's a if it's a joke partner, or if they're going to take this thing seriously and give him, you know, like a guy like a Samoa Joe or an Elias. And I think the commentators mentioned that this week that it could be Elias, which to me says it won't be. But I do think Braun, they win the belts. Mark, what do you think? The bar retains or Braun and TBD are new tag champions? I think it'll be Braun and TBD. And I, I bet it will be a, a joke partner and they'll still win and they'll kind of, uh, that'll just be a story for, for uh, you know, a month or two just because the bar is pretty much, I mean, done everything at this point. There really is not much for them to do as, as a tag team. There's no story and they're not really writing stories for them. So I think it'll be Braun and whoever as the champs for a bit. Yeah, I heard TBD is, is, is working out. He, he looks great. Hey, he might he's get vacant and run for his money. <laughs> uh, he's almost as good as Stephanie McMahon is as, as a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we got to hurry up before T, TBD goes to New Japan. Um, Smack, <laughs> SmackDown Tag Team Championship. No, I don't think so. I mean, it'd be cool if... I'd be fine with the Bludgeon Brothers winning because they've been on a roll, but I think the fact they've been dominating so much mm -hmm. um, mean that to me says they'll be losing. And it's also a three-way, so they don't have to be pinned. They can pin one of the New Day guys. The Usos need their WrestleMania moment. First of all, this should not be bumped to the kickoff show. I would be fucking pissed because right, the whole right, reason right. this match is happening is for the Usos to make the main card. And they've been in the company now for a decade, and they have yet to make the re the main WrestleMania card, which is ridiculous. So mm -hmm. I think the Usos don't have to win here, but I think they need to win more. And it's a similar case with the bar where they've already beaten everyone, but they could always bring over a new team to SmackDown, or they can just drop the belts to the Bludgeon Brothers in the next pay-per-view. But I do think the Usos should win here, and I think they will win here. Mark, what do you think? New tag champions or the Usos retain when, you know, their first yeah, time being on the main card. That's that's a tough one. I I I mean, I would I would like the Usos to win because I think they deserve it. I think they were they've been the best tag team um probably in the world over the last uh last year or so, but uh, they're really giving the Bludgeon Brothers a huge push and it would seem somewhat meaningless if they don't win the titles at Mania unless like Graham said, uh, Usos pin Somewhere in the new day, and and the Bludgeon Brothers still come out looking good. I still think that after all this build, you know, them crushing people, it almost makes no. It it, it seems silly if they don't come back, come out, and uh, and win this uh, this match. Mark, if I asked you, the Usos or the Young Bucks, 
Um, in, in terms of in terms of what? Well, people that I've seen on my Twitter timeline regard Young Bucks as either a the best tag team in the world or b one of the best tag teams in the world. Yeah. And you just said two minutes ago the Usos are one of the best tag team tag teams in the world. So I say, hey, Usos or the or the Young Bucks. I think are they um, even. In 2017, I think the Usos had a better year than the Bucks did um, in terms of, uh, of in-ring stuff because the Bucks didn't get a huge push in New Japan in 2017. But uh, I mean, they're getting a huge push right now, and they're and they're hard, they're part of the, the you know the hottest storyline, one of the hottest storylines in all of wrestling right now, WWE or not WWE. Um, it's a tough call. I mean, but both of them are really great. I mean, I, I really I mean, it's two different styles. Uh, of wrestling, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see what happens because the Bucks are going to be in the heavyweight division right now in uh, in New Japan. They're moving up to heavyweight. Um, I mean, the match against the Golden Lovers was one of the best tag matches. It's better. It's better than any tag match that the Usos have had in the last uh, you know eighteen months, two years, maybe ever. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I guess I would lean Young Bucks, but again, they're also given the time. They're given you know they have, they have better opponents for the most part uh, as far as wrestlers go. So it's hard, it's really hard to say. And obviously, we're going to have a new Cruiserweight champion, um, mixed tag match, battle royal. Um, will Mojo Raleigh retain as Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal winner? If Bronx <laughs> in attendance, yes. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay, now. Otherwise, who cares? Mark, Ronda Rousey on Raw. Has a thing with absolution, and you know, I guess she's she's still getting there, Mark, as far as acting and stuff like that is concerned. Um, microphone two, just one, one, what did you make of the performance on Raw? And two, the you know, not saying her fault, but the kind of awkward interviews that she was doing today for ESPN, doing the whole car wash for first take and Golik and Wingo and everything else she's been doing. But they, they kind of showcased that whether the questions that were asked to her were kind of weird or she responded in a weird way. Um, we all know she has to do this for WrestleMania to to lead up to to WrestleMania. I think tomorrow um, was going to be um, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon on first take or later on in the week. So your take on Raw on what she did and the, the kind of feedback she's been getting on the interview she did on ESPN. I thought that the judo throw she did on Mandy Rose on Monday night on Raw was the best physical thing that she's done so yeah, far yeah. in WWE that really looks fantastic and it because it played to her strengths I mean that's literally what Ronda Rousey does I mean she's won Olympic medals by throwing girls around um and 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 that was that was a real judo throw that wasn't some kind of a, a process thing that was her throwing an actual judo throw so I thought that was great um that segment was was pretty good um that was that was the highlight of it and I also kind of like how they're uh, Kurt Angle had to kind of calm her down and kind of showed her, like, oh, this this woman can snap and turn into the you know turn into uh, you know a, a raging uh, you know MMA fighter and then actually put a beat down on somebody, break their arm at any moment. And Angle had to kind of calm her down. I think that was actually good character development because we really don't know what Rousey's character is because she's coming in as Ronda Rousey. We know her already, 
what is her, what is her character going to be in, in pro wrestling? So we kind of got a glimpse of that. As far as today with, with the, uh, the ESPN stuff she did, I mean, look, it's obvious that she does not love, she does not like, she does not want to talk about her losses in the UFC. Mm-hmm. And if you're, if you're not going to ask her a good question and you're going to ask her about going back in time, she literally did get asked if she could go back in time, if, if she'd go back in time. It was a really poorly worded question. <laughs> and guess what? And guess what? If you if you if you mess up in judo against Ronda Rousey, she throws you on your head. If you mess up in an interview with Ronda Rousey, she's going to make you look stupid, and that and that's exactly what happened in that interview. She doesn't like at, being asked about it, so you really got to ask a good, smart question and and word it correctly. Otherwise, she's going to eat you alive. I mean, she's she's no joke. She's not one to be messed with. Do I think she should be more open? Do I do I think that she should? I mean put those losses behind her, whatever she's, she's happy now. She's doing WWE. She's making a lot of money. You know, she's, she's, uh, I, I think she's doing pretty well so far. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely do think that, but everyone is built differently and, and she is, uh, you know, as competitive, if not more competitive than anyone else. She probably isn't even over her judo losses yet. So she's a different kind of person, man. I, I don't know what to say about it, but also it's not, it's not just her. She could have been better in the interview. She could, she could have, uh, she could have. I mean, obviously, we knew what the guy was saying, but you also got to ask her better questions. You know, just do, just do a better job. Well, hopefully, she's never done that to you before, right? No, I mean, I asked her, I asked Great. her a, a question, and she hung up on me on a, on a conference call. So I, I, I've been there, man. Oh, I wow. know exactly how that feels. If you're gonna ask her something dumb, you know, she's gonna, she's gonna respond in in that type of way. Oh wow! I didn't know she hung up on you, man. Hung up on me in, in 2015 on a conference call. I was the first person to ask a question, and she hung up the first question. <laughs> Did she call you back? <laughs> it was a conference call oh. with everyone, all the media on it from all over the world, and she hung up and didn't call back. Bro, what did you ask her? <laughs> I asked her because it was going into the Holly Home fight, oh. and I asked her. It was, uh, it was uh, going to the Holly Home fight. Uh, it just came out that she was dating Travis Brown. Now they're married, of course. Travis Brown had accusations against him about domestic violence. Um, she also had her mo- her mother talking, uh, saying bad things about her coach. And I, I basically asked her if if all this stuff with 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 the new relationship coming out just weeks before the fight was was distracting. You know, did did she really want that stuff to come out, or would she rather just focus on the fight? And she didn't like that, so she hung up. Essentially. Oh wow. Well, you know, if you ever get a chance to interview her again, hopefully she, you know, doesn't hang up this time, man. I, I would hope not. I, I <laughs> doubt it'll ever happen again. But, uh, but I, I mean, I, I've, ne- I've never, I've never really been critical of her. I was, I was never, you know, I was always, uh, you know, I feel like I was, I was always fair and, and mm. positive ninety percent of the time about her. I mean, I covered her for years in uh, in, in MMA. Um, and it was just, it was that, it was that one thing and, uh, you know, pissed her off and, and that was that, that's what I'm saying. You gotta, you gotta come correct when you're asking her questions. And that's, that's a lesson that I learned. Now, from what you, from what we saw on the interviews and stuff like that, do you think there's a little bit of, uh, a a little bit of pressure coming into WrestleMania? I, I know UFC is real fights is different, but still she did media for them. And, and now it just, maybe it's. It's different. It's a different challenge for her, and now she's going to go into a mega stadium. Not saying she she's never been uh, in front of a large crowd, but do you think 
this time around that there's a little sense of pressure that it's a, it, it is her first WrestleMania, her first match, and maybe does not want to disappoint the fans or, or look stupid or look like she's not ready. Do you think at all about that uh, from from her standpoint, or do you feel like, regardless what you see now with these interviews, that she's going to be ready and, and locked and loaded for WrestleMania? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely pressure on her. There's no doubt about it. But I mean, she she's dealt well with pressure in the past, and and she and she's come out the other side pretty good. Um, I, I I don't think uh, I I really just think it's more about. It's it's just more about her competitive nature, and she just does not want she just does not want to talk about the, these losses and 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 that part of her life. And I think part of it is she doesn't want to get asked about it because she feels like those are hers and they're not anyone else's, and she doesn't want to share her personal feelings about all, about all this stuff. And look again, she's a different kind of person. I, I I think that most people, you know, everyone loses in MMA. No no one has retired undefeated in mixed martial arts. It does not happen. Does not happen. Uh, I mean, it's it's very easy to lose, no matter how good you are. The best ever, John Jones, Anderson Silva, George St. Pierre, they've all lost. Mm-hmm. McGregor lost. Everyone's lost, and uh, you know it, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. You know, you get right back on the horse. But to her, she's a different kind of person, and she takes those losses very much to heart, and it, it affects her. There's no doubt, and and that's why I don't think she wants to talk about them at all. Before I get to Graham, real quick, I did a poll on Monday. Asking Ronda Rousey breaks Oscar's winning streak at WrestleMania 35. 60% said yes. So I guess they're there. You go. They want to see Oscar. A lot of people responded, "Hey, I can't take another year with Oscar winning. You know, it should be next week." I said, "Hey, I don't know about all that, but I guess a lot of people are looking forward to hopefully seeing Ronda beat the streak because I tell people Oscar beat everybody." And it's like one one person responded, oh, it should go to somebody who, who deserves it. And I said, okay, she beat everybody. What? Someone said, someone else said it should be Charlotte. I said, well, Charlotte might lose at WrestleMania. I mean, what do you want? It's like I think they're going to gear up to, to WrestleMania 35 where Ronda Rousey is going to be more experience she might be a heel at that time we don't know but i think i think that they're gearing up for oscar and, and rousey at wrestlemania 35 i i think you're right and i and i and the first person i think i heard uh mention that was uh was graham i think i think it's a brilliant idea yeah graham thank you graham for setting up wrestlemania 35 <laughs> possible main event between oscar and rousey since we do here in the uh two out of three count falls uh podcast so Graham, what do you make of the the the, the, the segment with, with with Rousey on Raw, uh, doing that judo move on Mandy Rose and the interview she had uh, earlier on on ESPN? Uh, no, I agree. I did not see the full interview for the ESPN thing. Um, as you guys were talking about, I did see the clips of it on Twitter. It was pretty awkward, but I gotta agree with Mark that it was absolutely the interviewer's fault. People are pooping on Ronda, saying, "Why would she say that? Why did you get so mad?" It's like mm-hmm. that was a very poorly worded question from the interviewer. He definitely should have backtracked and apologized or rephrased the question. It was just really weird. I mean, Ronda could have handled it a little bit better. She probably didn't have to get so frustrated, but it was like, or at least seemingly frustrated. But the question was pretty dumb the way the guy worded it. And then there was another interview that she did that kind of came off a little weird too, and that wasn't really much of her fault either. It was really the interviewer and the the question they were asking her. But 
in terms of what we saw on Raw from her, um, again, I thought what we saw was good. I honestly thought what, what she did with Absolution was fine. The attack was okay. Like Mark said, I thought what she did with, uh, with Mandy Rose, the judo throw was easily the best physical thing she's done yet. It didn't look like she was going through the motions or she was trying out a new move that she did at the Performance Center. Look, She looked like she was in her element, and that's what we need to see. Ronda Rousey trying out a new wrestling move that she hasn't done before. I mean, it's going to have to happen eventually. She can't do the same thing she was doing in, in UFC for so long. She needs to adum- She needs to adapt some new moves. Mm-hmm. But what got her over in the first place in the realm of mixed martial arts, it, to begin with anyway, is what we should be seeing at WrestleMania because that's what's going to make people tune in and see that she's different from everyone else. Um, that being said, though, I really thought the highlight of what we saw with the Ronda Rousey angle authority the furthering of that storyline on Monday was the Stephanie McMahon and Triple H video package. I thought that was great. I thought that was really, really well done. They made him look like they were threats to Ronda and Angle, which we know they aren't. Mm. But uh, Stephanie being taken seriously, like it was comical. I'm not sure if that's what they were going for. I don't think it was. But the whole training thing, I thought it was good. I thought it was really, really good um, for a feud that... You can't really put anyone involved in the ring before Mania because Ronda's making her WrestleMania, her in-ring debut at WrestleMania. Kurt Angle's not going to wrestle on Raw. Stephanie and Triple H aren't going to wrestle on Raw. So I think what they're doing with this has been pretty good. They got one more week. They should do another hot angle on Monday's Raw. What that would be, I have no idea. Um, but I'm looking forward to it nonetheless. And then the build has been really, really good. And I think Ronda Rousey's been uh, slowly but surely improving in all aspects, whether it be physical or on the mic, whatever. And I think the payoff of Mania should be worth it. Before I get to the final point, Mark, uh, how long, how much longer do we see the smiling, happy Ronda Rousey shaking hands, going around the, the ring, shaking hands with fans? And uh, how long do we see that until we start seeing, you know, the badass Ronda Rousey? I think we're going to see her as a babyface for for a good amount of time because I think the Stephanie McMahon feud is going to last uh, for 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 a bit. I mean, I think this is going to be, I mean, it could it's going to be a month, maybe even a year long type of uh, type of deal. So I think she'll be a babyface for the time for the time being. And uh, I mean, I could almost even see them turning Oscar heel because I think people will get sick of the streak and people are going to want to see her get beat and i think that is that's a, a ripe opportunity for them to turn her heel at some point oscar not anytime soon maybe in, in you know in the, in the next few months but mm. um because you want that feeling of you know who can beat her and, and you, you, you're gonna root for someone to beat her eventually because it, it's gonna go on for a long time mm. so i think you, you could see a, a an oscar heel versus a ronda baby face at, at next year's wrestlemania possibly so before we wrap it up, um, again, you can follow me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz. You can follow Graham at WrestleRant and Mark at Mark, M-A-R-C underscore Raimondi uh, on Twitter. Today will mark the 20th anniversary of WrestleMania 14. And I'm going to tie a little bit into what what I think should have happened with, with Ronda Rousey coming in. But... WrestleMania 14, most men may not look at it as like the greatest WrestleMania or whatever, but I think it's very pinnacle to where the business is now and how it catapulted the company over WCW during the uh, the Monday Night War. And a lot of people look at WrestleMania 14 as the official 
uh, quote-unquote official start of the Attitude Era. People can look at Stone Cold's speech at the King of the Ring or, you know, the match with him and Bret Hart or the, the Montreal Screwjob or DX forming as, like, the beginning of, like, this new Attitude within the WWF. But people look at, at 14 as the official stamp of uh, the Attitude Era beginning in the World Wrestling Federation. Um, the card is was, was pretty pretty okay, pretty decent. But the main event, oh, obviously, was Stone Cold, Shawn Michaels, and Mike Tyson. And the whole build with Tyson coming in, I think, changed the game for them. Uh, from the Royal Rumble, the night after the Royal Rumble with him and Stone Cold getting at it. Uh, Mike Tyson joining DX. Um, him getting involved with DX and Stone Cold at the live Boston uh, kind of thing they had outside um, to promote WrestleMania 14. And just Tyson's involvement um, from the beginning really set the tone of what they wanted to do and get out of WrestleMania 14. And again, Sean was hurt. We knew he was going to take a, a, a long hiatus. Stone Cold was going to be the man. Breaking records of merchandise and pay-per-view sales, all that stuff, becoming the biggest superstar in the company. But I think that, you know, that pay-per-view itself was the beginning of like, hey, we're on the way up. WCW is going to be in trouble. Tyson came in. He's involved. And plus, this was a year after he bit off Holyfield's ear. So he was still relevant um, in the news. And after after a while, they never look back. And people uh, really thank WrestleMania 14 for being in that event that really took them to the next level. So um, it ties into Rousey because this is what I felt Rousey should have came in. Just like Tyson, yeah, he was all happy and smiling and everything. But once he got physical with Stone Cold, it was a wrap. You saw Tyson's face change and... He was the baddest man on the planet, and he was doing different things and getting involved in um, press conferences and, and stuff like that, which I think Rousey should have done, but, you know, they do it their way. That's whatever. But um, So, Graham, I'll start with you. WrestleMania 14, I think we spoke about this last year when it was, like, the, the 19th anniversary, but now it's 20 years gone by. WrestleMania 14, the Austin era began, as Jim Ross uh, said, on the air. Tyson involvement, one of the biggest stars um, in the world, was involved for this pay-per-view event. Uh, what did you make of WrestleMania 14, and where would you rank it, and how impactful and important this event was to the WWF? Oh, man, Randy, it's tough. I know, like you had said, I believe we may have talked about this last year, and no, we definitely talked about WrestleMania 13 and maybe a few yeah. others, but... I hate to say this, but you're asking the wrong person, not only just because I wasn't around back then, but just because I'm not honestly a big fan of those Attitude Era WrestleManias. Not uh. to discount how big this main event was with Mike Tyson, Austin winning. It's a great match. One of the biggest WrestleMania moments in history. The undercard, honestly, for me, does not do much. Um, I just think the overall show, it's not one of the worst WrestleManias of all time by far. Like That would be definitely a stretch. And it's a fine show. It's not terrible. But, like, Taker and Kane was a pretty monumental match. It was by no True. means a great match. Taka Michinaku and the light heavyweight championship stuff was completely missable. 
LOD 2000 versus the Midnight Express in a battle royal. Like, oh, wow. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie. Yeah. Outlaws. I mean, again, a lot of this stuff is memorable. I'm not saying it's it's completely forgettable, but it's just not that good. Like a Rock Ken Shamrock five minute IC title match. I don't know. I just don't think the show is honestly as good as many people think it is. I think for a lot of the Attitude Era shows, it's the main event that makes them. I think like with 13, 13 might be even worse, but like Bret Hart and Stone Cold is the only one true drama, only one true gem on that show. Mm -hmm. For me with this show, it's very similar in that I think the main event is amazing. Just everything else is just, it doesn't do much for me. I feel like I'm just not a huge Attitude Air fan in the, in the first place, but if you're a big fan of that stuff, then you love this show. If not, then you don't really like it as much, but I, I do agree, though. I do agree with what you said about how it kind of kicked off a new era, not just the Austin era and, and Stone Cold winning the championship, but also with kind of the um, the changeover with WCW and WWE kind of just taking notice that this is when they started to build momentum en route to the Attitude Era. You know, some people might, ar- might argue it started in early 97 or late 97 or with this WrestleMania, but it was pretty much in full force coming out of WrestleMania 14. So it was certainly significant in that respect. Mark. Yeah. I mean, certainly an influential WrestleMania, the whole Mike Tyson thing, DX. It was, it was certainly one of the early cornerstones of the attitude era. As Graham said, you know, there were no five-star matches on this card. Even the main event, this was a, this was a Shawn Michaels that was, uh, depleted, injured, not not the same guy as he was on the past. Though it wasn't a bad match by any by any stretch, but he was not. Uh, it was not, uh, you know, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, and and some of his better matches. And the rest of the card was whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was uh, the presentation and the uh, spectacle and the addition of Mike Tyson. DX's involvement, that whole thing, it was it was kind of a, a another part of that turn to a an edgier product, and and that's what it'll be uh, remembered for, I think. Do you ever look at that? You know, again, I try to tie it to Rousey because, it, you know, with Tyson coming in and Rousey coming in, two different people, both at the best at what they were doing in their previous sport. But do you ever think about like, man, if they would have brought Rousey in the same way they brought Tyson, again, Tyson's not a full-time wrestler like Rousey is now, but they could have picked a part of what they did 20 years ago and kind of put that in now. Um, I mean, again, do you like how she was brought in compared to what Tyson was 20 years ago? I think that it makes sense for what for what she is and what they want to do right now. I, I do. I, I think uh, it's a different type of thing because she is going to be a, a more permanent part of the roster. I don't think she's going to be wrestling on Raw every week, but I think she's going to be uh, she's going to be a special attraction and she's going to do the big events. And I think that uh, you don't want to toss her into the the, the women's title pictures and either, on either show. And it seems, I mean, from all the reports, they're trying to they're trying to position her as the as the female version of Stone Cold against the female version of of uh, Vince McMahon and Stephanie. And this is a good way to do it because it's not a singles match. They're you know they're going to be protected. They're not going to have to do too much of the dirty work in the match with with Angle and, and Triple H in there. So I, I 
I think it makes sense uh, to do that right away. And then we'll see where it goes from there. I, I assume that she'll have a singles match with Stephanie at some point. And that, I mean, the same way that Vince had a match with, with Stone Cold and, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. But yeah, I mean, I think I think it makes sense. And I think from, from a drawing standpoint, she she is as, I mean, in, in, in the UFC, she was as big of a draw as Mike Tyson was in boxing. So I, I think from that standpoint, from that mainstream perspective, I mean, you could probably even make a case that she was she's more popular than Mike Tyson was because of all the movies she's done. She's much she's more popular with women. She's more popular internationally. She's very, she's very popular all over the world. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, you could draw some parallels to that for sure. But she's gonna be she's gonna be around a lot longer than Mike Tyson was. Does she get with Paul Heyman at uh, at any point in time during her wrestling career? Not unless she turns heel on that, and I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Yeah. All right, I guess we'll wait and see on that. Um, also today on March 29th, WrestleMania 3 and WrestleMania 31. So that's up in Graham's alley. Um, so those who haven't seen WrestleMania 3, 14, or 31, they all happen on March 29th. Go ahead and check that out on the network. Um, Graham, where does, where does 3 and 31 rank for you? Uh, three's up there. I think three's up there. Not just because, again, I know it's one of those shows. A lot like 14 where the overall show isn't amazing, but the top two matches that it will forever be remembered for. It's over 30 years later and we're still talking about it. Um, it's crazy to think that it's been 30 or now 31 years, I guess, since yeah. WrestleMania 3. But, yeah, now we have we have Hogan and Andre in the main event, one of the most influential matches of all time. Again, in the ring, was it shit? Yeah, it was. But, I mean, it will be forever remembered Got Hogan over the top. The guy was already over by that point, but still one of the biggest WrestleMania matches in in history. And then you have a lot like with this WrestleMania where I feel like you kind of have a little bit of everything. You had the the over-the-top main event, but you also had the five-star instant classic between Ricky Steamboat and Randy Savage for the Intercontinental Championship. So you have that. You have the main event. You have a well-rounded out card. So it's got to be up there. I don't know if it's definitely not the best WrestleMania main event or the, the best WrestleMania card of all time just because those are really the only top two matches that people ever really talk about. But the overall show I thought was fun for nostalgic purposes. For 31, like you said, Randy, right up my alley, I really enjoyed WrestleMania 31. I would go so far as to say that Uh-oh. I know 30 – I know people look back on that show as one of, if not the greatest mania ever because of the Daniel Bryan stuff. It's hard to say that's my favorite or let alone even the best Mania overall just because I thought Taker and Brock Lesnar sucked and then John Cena and Bray Wyatt sucked too. And it was really the Daniel Bryan stuff that saved that show from being – I mean, it was a great show overall, but largely because of the Daniel Bryan stuff. 31, I really honestly truly thought start to finish was the perfect show. And even Sting and Triple H that had the dumbass Triple H win finish, uh, uh, you know, with Triple Word. H winning. I thought even that was a spectacle with the NWO stuff and the DX stuff. Seth Rollins cashing in. Rollins and Orton, an underrated gem on the undercard from earlier in the evening. You had Brock and Roman in the main event, which I will completely concur with you, Randy. is an awesome main event, no matter what people think of Roman Reigns. It was a great fucking match in the main event. The return of Taker in a final match with Bray Wyatt. Cena and Rusev, even that match was pretty damn good. And it kicked off Cena's U.S. title reign. A great opener for the IC title. A decent women's tag team match. So overall, I thought it was an awesome WrestleMania. Probably one of, if not the best Mania 
in the last 10 years, had moments, had matches. Um, so I think all three WrestleManias, I, I like I said, it was not the... I'm not the biggest fan of WrestleMania 14, Mm -hmm. but I think all three WrestleManias are fairly influential. It's still obviously early for Mania 31, um, but it did kick off a lot of a lot of cool stuff between the Cena U.S. Open, Rollins big title win, and a few other things from that point forward. So I gotta say, I really enjoyed the WrestleMania on the whole. Mark, real quick, what do you think? I know we spoke about WrestleMania 14 at 20, but WrestleMania 3 and uh, 31 were also held on March 29th. What do you think? WrestleMania 31 was uh, was a pretty fun one. That Seth Rollins uh, cashing in the briefcase was, I mean, that, that's that's one of the better moments that you remember over the last few years. It was uh, it was a pretty good show overall. No no real uh, complaints from me, even though I do like to complain. At times, I mean, you know what? Even that the IC ladder match uh, was uh, was really good on that show, and the main event was really good. Even before Rollins came out, it was uh, it was it was pretty damn good. WrestleMania three, oh man, that that really uh, that really takes me back. I really I like going back and watching those uh, like the really old stuff on on the network, and uh, mm-hmm. that was, I mean, man, I remember as as a really young kid uh, that whole the Andre the Giant Hulk Hogan rivalry. Uh, and, and also a kind of, it, it's somewhat relevant now because the, uh, Andre, uh, documentary is coming out on, on HBO soon. Uh, I think in, I think the week after mania or a few days after mania, I, I mean, that is, uh, that's, that's, that's a classic, man. I think that that Hogan versus Andre was really one of the, maybe the first big Hogan feud that, that lifted WWF back in the day. And uh, I was a, I was a huge Andre fan. Um, I have I have an Andre the Giant uh, Roots of Fight sweater that I wear very often. Uh, yeah, man, that was that was that was great stuff. I mean, look, yeah. it's not there were no five star classics on that on that card. Actually, I mean that's not true. The uh, the uh, as as Graham said, the uh, Ricky Steamboat Macho Man match was fantastic. So yeah, I mean that was mm-hmm. a good uh, good WrestleMania. My final point is I, I think as much people want to shit on saying oh Brock and Roman should not main event it should be AJ and Nakamura it's kind of it's kind of similar to that Wrestlemania 3 like yeah it was Hogan Andre but mostly people remember and say that Savage Steamboat was the best match on on the card and and, or top two Wrestlemania match of all time or top two match in general I think if AJ and Nakamura could be the new Savage Steamboat. I, I, I really do think that because, you know, yes, it's it's for the title. Should have main event. It could be. But Brock and Roman is going to main event. I, I think 99% they're going to main event. But with the match that people are going to remember is AJ and Nakamura. And I think they, it, it has a very high chance of being the, 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 the new modern Macho Man and Ricky Steamboat. I agree with that, Randy. Also, just real quick, that I, I, I think that I think that comparison is great, but I also think that Brock and Roman is going to be ten, not even ten times, a hundred times better than Hogan and Andre was in the <laughs> ring. Like it's not even fucking close. So I think already this WrestleMania has that one beat. Right. Yeah, and also uh, I don't think either one of those matches is actually going to be the quote unquote main event. I think uh, the match that goes on last is is Rousey and Kurt Angle against Triple H and Stephanie. Really. Really? Yeah, honestly, it, Cena and Taker could go on last too. I th- so I think this mania has like there's a good chance any one of those four could go on last, which is why I'm looking forward to this show. 
because it's not predictable uh, in terms of match order. I mean, it, listen, man, it don't it don't bother me. I'll be there. I'm like, if, that, if that's the main event, that's the main event. Just like just like the Royal Rumble with the the women was the the main event. I'm like, okay, let's do it. People can shit on him. Oh, well, the men should be. Listen, if that's the main event, that's the main event. That's it. So if Ronda Rousey is the main event, go ahead. If Nakamura is the main event, okay. If Reigns is the main event, so be it. If it's John Cena and The Undertaker, so be it. But like people should not even complain what the main event is. Um, but yeah, fellas, always great talking to you guys. I know next week we'll do a WrestleMania preview. Uh, Mark will be in New Orleans for WrestleMania weekends, as so as would I. So hopefully we'll get to, a chance to link up and you know do a, do a show or whatever the case may be. You can follow Graham from Bleacher Report on Twitter at WrestleRant. You can follow Mark Raimondi on Twitter at Mark underscore Raimondi from MMAFighting.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Randy Cruz, at Randy J. Cruz, R-A-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. Recap all the shows and podcasts on SoundCloud.com slash Cruise Control Podcast. And download, rate, comment, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Fellas, always a pleasure. Uh, next week, WrestleMania preview. And um, I will link up with you guys real soon, man. Always good talking to you, Mr. Cruz. I will see <laughs> you. I will see you next week. All right, buddy. Graham, take it easy, man. Sounds good, Randy. And one last point. I do want to mention this real quick. As I was at Hot Topic last Friday in South Dakota, I did pick myself up a pair of Young Bucks, or should I say Bullet Club sweatpants, and I'm oh, wearing them as we speak. Yes. Extremely comfortable. So go out and buy yourself a pair, Mr. Mark, Cruz. Mark, not even a shirt. He said sweatpants. I already have a Bullet Club shirt. I had to buy oh, sweatpants. I, I didn't even know they made Bullet Club um, Bullet Club sweatpants. What's Dude, going they on here? Bullet Club boxer briefs. I almost they bought those. Club everything. Everything. Something on. is Bullet wrong. Everything. Something is wrong with South Dakota. How about that? <laughs> Bullet well, Club underwear that's, and that's sweatpants. That's everywhere in the country, my friend. Oh, my. Anyways, Graham. Go ahead, Mark. Go ahead. No, no. I was just saying too sweet. Being the elite. The oh, elite. The elite. <laughs> Graham Matthews, Mark Raimondi, Randy Cruz, thank you all, and I appreciate it. No problem, sir. Talk to you guys next week. All right, man. Take it easy.